0: Welcome to another episode of the Expensive Words Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about something that might seem kind of boring if you don't understand why it's important. But uh, I, it's one of those things that I've been dealing with all day today. So I thought, why not talk about this now? And today we're going to be discussing... The ISBN number, or the international—well, that was a redundancy, right? Because I said ISBN number, the international standard book number. Uh, that's like when you say and etc. Because etc. The meaning already has the word and included in it. So we don't want to have redundancies. That's one of the things that we edit out. So we're going to talk about that flashy little barcode on the back of every book, and why you need one, if you need one, how to get one, and my story for how I finally got enough money to buy 1000 of them. Sorry, 100 of them. (laughs) I'm just looking at my list. I only bought 100 of them. And I'm going to tell you why 100 is a good number if you're planning to write several books. Okay, so let's start Let's get started with a story. Uh so last year sometime, you know, back before life got super interesting and all this virus funness happened. Uh obviously I'm employing sarcasm there. I don't think that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people dying is fun <laughs> at all. But before everything changed and it was still normal, Uh, Maria and I were starting to, you know, take on some clients here and there. And uh, the first client that we ever took on, I'm going to call him Matt the meanie. Because Maria and I call him blank the meanie with his real name. And I'd rather not use that uh, for obvious reasons, even though it's not defamation, if everything I say is true. And I have proof that everything that I'm about to say is true. But still, you know, I'm gonna Be nice and give this person the benefit of the doubt that they can change and not be such a jerk. So I was like, all right. This guy approached me and he's like, I need to have my book copy edited in the next 48 hours. And I was like, wait, what? And he said, well, because I have an Amazon pre-release set up and I haven't finished my book. And first of all, I didn't, you know, I did, bring this up to him and he didn't seem to care. I was like, "Well, you're supposed to <laughs> upload your KDP pre-release for Kindle 3 days before you have it actually come out so that there's enough time for the system to do everything. Uh so just in case you're wondering if you can upload your book right before your pre-release, the answer is no. You need a full 72 hours before that. That's the ideal time. For me, I like to have it at least a week before. Uh so <laughs> You know, he was like in a desperate situation and he gave me this story about how his other copy editor's son had like cut off part of one of his fingers. And it was like this whole long explanation as to why he had this emergency. And I was like, well, you should have scheduled this with uh, an editor like six months ago and you should have gone through. You should have given it to them a month before you needed it which is in the past now because you sh- you're supposed to upload it 72 hours before. And I was like, oh, well, I really need to buy <laughs> some ISBNs so that uh, I can get some of these books out that I was working on. And one of the books that I was working on at, at that time was Write the Perfect to Read the Fiction Edition with Maria, and I knew I was going to need several ISBNs at the very least. And I was also re-releasing my Christian nonfiction, uh, you aren't worthless. And then the friend of you aren't worthless, you can do better. So (laughs) I just needed the ISBNs. And uh, I'll explain why I needed them in a minute. But so I took this insane job, which none of my friends in my writing group could believe I took it. And I only charged him $35 an hour. And uh, my friend Judith, who is also an editor, she's like, way more advanced than I am she has 30 plus years of experience being an editor and she said I can't believe you charged him less than a hundred dollars an hour <laughs> and I was like gosh I should have I should have charged him that much because he hired me not only to copy edit but to develop mental edit because there were huge chunks of his book missing that I actually ended up ghostwriting for him uh, as I was editing. And I, I think, you know, editing should have scare quotes around it, because that's not what I was doing at this point. And so I basically uh, slept three hours in uh, 48 hours. And when I was asleep during those three hours, this guy, Matt D'Amini, he accused me of giving my login information because he decided to go the Google Docs route. And uh, he decided he he accused me of giving my login information, you know that edit link that you can give people so that they can actually change what's in your book and he accused me of giving it to someone else who's not as qualified as I am and paying them to do it for me and I was like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. I missed sleeping in my bed with my husband to do this, so this this way you're treating me right now is not okay." And he accused me of all kinds of totally insane things when I worked my butt off for him. And I was like, okay, well, I don't think we can work together anymore. Good luck with your situation. And you owe me uh, $697 or something like that. And he was like, I can't believe you're charging me this much. You didn't even finish doing what you said you were going to do, which I wrote at least 5,000 words for this guy. Uh... (laughs) to make his book make sense. And I reorganized the entire book. And uh, Maria went and I got a login for her from him. So this was not shady, by the way. So she could make sure that I was editing okay because I was totally sleep deprived. And also you should never edit that many words or developmental edit that many words in such a short amount of time. It was just a really crappy situation. And uh, the reason that I did it was because I really needed the ISBN numbers. And so... Uh, at the very end, he's like, well, I don't know if I should, you know, he's all, like, I never said I wasn't going to pay you. I'm like, okay, but can you pay me? And he's like, well, you gave your login to someone else, da-da-da-da-da, uh, all this really, really crazy stuff. Um, and I was like, you know, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of one good thing to say about this person. And obviously, he didn't make his deadline. Uh, He did end up paying me because I told him, I said, listen, if you do not pay me and you use my edits, and at this point I didn't say it, but my ghost written words, uh, that's stealing. And if you do that, I'm going to post about it on Twitter. And he's like, you're threatening me. And I was like, well... I'm I'm just saying I'm going to post about it on Twitter because the editors on Twitter do not appreciate this kind of stealing. Uh, and the other people in the writing community are not going to ever want to work with you. And I just want to let them know that they shouldn't work with you. And he's like, that's blackmail, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, how is it blackmail if I warn other people that you're a jerk and then you don't want to pay people for, like, doing insane things that no one should ever have to do all hours of the night? Right? Uh. Because I was like, I really need to get paid. And the the biggest mistake that I made in this situation, and this is something that uh, a lot of newbie business owners will do, is that I operated this deal without any signed contract. I don't do that anymore. I have contracts for all sorts of things now. Uh, I've paid a lot of money to lawyers for contracts. I think that it's worth the investment after everything that I've gone through with Matt the and he did end up paying me because he thought that I would go tell the writing community about him, and I was going to because uh, he was trying, like, I was the fifth editor that he approached, and I was the only one who said yes, and he was using all these emotional manipulation tactics, and uh, he kept... Uh, trying to get me to work faster by saying, well, if you do really well, I'm going to write you a really good review. And I was like, what? And then also he was like a sports coach guy and his whole book was about how uh, you can do better. And like, it was just total bull. Like the book didn't promise on anything he said it was going to do. And I just kind of watched the dumpster fire of his book coming out because one of the things that he did, which I would have told him if he didn't fire me, for uh, doing things that I absolutely did not do, was that he was having he had huge chunks of uh, text from other copyrighted material that he did not have permission to use, and I would have told him that uh, if he hadn't hired me. I was go I was on my way to writing that up in my letter that goes along with my edits, and that's when he fired me, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I I was gonna do all that stuff for him, but. When someone fires you, you don't keep working, you know, if you're not getting paid. So that's what happened. Uh, you know, he I had to block him cuz he sent me a lot of nasty texts at some point and it was really gross. Like my husband <laughs> read through and he's like I can't believe you thanked him for employing you because he kept saying, you better thank me, you better thank me. So finally I just did uh, because I thought if I did, he would leave me alone. But then he still didn't, so I had to block him. It was really awkward, and uh, he was mansplaining a ton of things to me, even though he had no idea what he was talking about because he was not a writer. This was his first book. And so all this to say, I was willing to do it. I was willing to take this crazy job and to charge him a normal amount instead of hazard pay, uh, which is what happens when someone else's emergency, they try to make it your emergency. You have to pay extra for that. Like he he should have had to pay for me canceling all my family's plans that weekend when we had free tickets to the air show and then we couldn't go. Uh, You know, he should have had to pay me some kind of hazard pay because it wasn't my fault that he planned poorly and that his book wasn't finished you know, two days before the pre-sale went live on Amazon. So, and in his book, he wrote several times, you know, other people's uh, lack of planning doesn't constitute your emergency, which by the way, whoa, what an original idea. I don't mean to, I don't want to get mean about this, but I, I. that was really ironic for me. I'm like, okay, so he's making this thing my emergency, but then he's telling people that they shouldn't do this. I don't understand what's happening. So, uh, but he paid me, and do you know what happened? I went, and I bought a pack of 100 ISBNs uh, off of MyIdentifiers.com, which is owned by Boker Identity Services. Let's see if I got that right. Boker Identifier Services. Sorry about that. And I used, I just today, I used two of the ISBNs for setting up right this way. So, Long story, why would I subject myself to that uh, insanely abusive editing relationship? Oh, and by the way, did I even mention that while I was editing, he was watching me live and it was really creepy? Uh, So don't agree to edit someone's stuff over Google Docs. Also, don't try to edit things on the side for people who don't know how to work with editors. And like for my clients who have never worked with an editor before, I give them a document that tells them everything that's going to happen. And one of the things I tell them is, hey, I'm not comfortable working on Google Docs because I don't like people watching me work live and then yelling at me about how they didn't like this one change I made in real time. That really sucks. Uh, (laughs) So I went and I bought my 100 pack for $575 plus tax. And I just used one of them today. And the reason that you need these numbers is because you can use the same number across all the platforms. And a lot of people will ask me, okay, Kristen, what about the free ones that uh, distributors like Draft2Digital, Drive, and Amazon Kindle give out? And I would say, if you're not really serious about having a, multi-platform book then fine you pick one of those and do it but if you want to like do wide distribution which is what i do then you should have an isbn number and you don't just have one isbn number for all the different forms of your book and that's why i would say don't buy one isbn it's not smart i did that one time then i was like smacking my forehead you know um because you have to have an ISBN for every different form that your book takes so you have to have one for your Kindle or sorry not Kindle exclusively you have to have one for your your uh, ePub book your digital version of your book you have to have one for your paperback you have to have one for your hardback you have to have one for your audiobook so if you're going to let's say write you know 20 books you need and you need 5 uh ISBNs per book then it makes a lot more sense to pay for the 100. I wouldn't buy the 1000 pack, which is $1,500, unless I was like opening a publishing house, which who's to say what I'll do in the future. I would love to do that and have uh, a publishing house that specializes in uh, representation, (laughs) because as you know, that's a passion of mine. It's not like I talk about it a lot on here or anything, right? So this is how the numbers break down for the Boker Identifier Services, which is my identity, Sorry, MyIdentifiers.com. That's, how, that's the place you go to to buy these things. And so if you buy one, it's $125. If you buy 10, it's $295. So let's say you know you're going to write two books in the next two years. Buy the $295 one. But if you know that you're going to be releasing a ton of books, like moi, then you would want to get the 100 pack, which is $575. You can see they they make it so that you want to buy a bunch of them. Uh, because they, they're they like, oh, buy them. And they know that most people are not going to use 100 ISBNs. Uh, I probably will because I can't help myself, I guess. Um, <laughs> but at some point, I will use all of those. Uh, and I like that I don't have to pay for them. Like I paid for them with that one crappy job and now I have enough to write for years. And, But I will say this, okay? There's a place on the website where they're like, pay for your barcode. Don't do that. You can make one for free. All you have to do is type in free ISBN uh, barcode generator. And I won't point you to one specific website because the websites that do this are changing all the time, and sometimes uh, the websites fall out of use and new ones pop up. So just Google that ISBN uh, barcode generator free, or put the free in front. It doesn't really matter, and you'll be able to find a place to make the barcode that you need. And I will say this: if if you are going to have uh, your paperback book on Amazon and you're working with a designer who's making the file, have them leave the barcode area just a white square, because Amazon will automatically put it in there for you. And if you're using one of these free generators, or your designer is using one of the free generators, it's probably not going to fit with Amazon's insane requirements about exactly how the barcode has to look. So I, when I'm making my cover files, which I've been working on all day today, I leave Uh, a blank white space for my Amazon versions of covers. And then for everything else, I have a barcode from a free barcode generator that I put into, like, for example, IngramSpark. And uh, if you are thinking, why, Kristen, would you submit your book to all these different websites? Because I use Amazon directly. I do it myself. Uh, KDP and print. KDP is the digital version. Print is the Physical version, the part you would imagine. Uh, and then for Ingram Spark, I use that for worldwide distribution of the paperback, and eventually I will use it for hardcover versions of certain books. Probably my uh, time travel portal series that I'm working on. I can just imagine how sweet those would look in hardcovers. And some people only buy hardcover books, they will not buy your book. Uh, in its physical form if there's only a paperback because they feel that hard covers last longer and they only want those type of physical books in their collection. And that's fine. And You, you don't want to miss out on those customers because you don't have it available. And we can talk about covers and paying for the extra files for the hardback, and all those sorts of things another time. But what you need to know as far as the barcode is don't pay for the barcode itself. And the ISBN is great because uh, you can use it for wide distribution and worldwide distribution because it has the word international in there, right? So that's something that you want to do if you're going to be choosing wide distribution. Uh, For me, I want to choose wide distribution and I'm shying away from making amazon be my only way of making money because their algorithm changes so quickly and their terms of service are always changing and i just don't want them to have that much power over my writing career so that's why i choose to do this and that's why this amp this uh podcast will not be on amazon's podcasting platform because in order to do that they required me to sign a terms of service that said that I would never say anything negative about Amazon. And I was like, no, because I need to be honest with my listeners about what's going on in the self-publishing world because I'm an indie author. And they didn't want me to be able to do that. And so I didn't feel comfortable pursuing their platform. So the takeaway of this is don't uh, work with Mathamini. Don't use the free ISBN or ASIN numbers Uh, ASIN is the number that Amazon will automatically assign to your digital book no matter what. So even if you have an ISBN, they'll still give you an ASIN. And you need to have your own ISBN if you want to do wide distribution and also if you want to get your book in the Library of Congress registered there. So you have to have an actual ISBN to be able to do that. So there are a lot of benefits, but if you're just starting, you know, I wouldn't invest hundreds of dollars in getting an ISBN. You know, you can always switch it over later. Uh, Well, you would have to do a relaunch to do that, actually. So so it depends. What are your goals for the book? If you just want to have it on Amazon, which is not something I'm comfortable doing, because like I said, I don't want them to have that much control over my business, then you don't probably need an ISBN. But remember, you will not be able to get it in the Library of Congress that way. And you won't be able to uh, submit it under the same number with the same information to other sites like PublishDrive, which I use because Apple Books is very difficult to get everything just right for them uh, if you're going to submit it yourself. So I just use PublishDrive now. It's a Hungarian owned company, which I lived in Hungary for a year and a half. So I'm like, yes, Of course, I'm going to support you. And uh, so that's who I use for like my Barnes and Noble Nook distribution and Google Play distribution. Google Play distribution is tricky. And so uh, if you don't want to get into how to do all those things yourself, Publish Drive will walk you through the process to give them permission to get Google Play to allow your book on their platform. Because Google Play is tricky, but it's such a wide audience, it would be a shame not to have them have access to your book, you know, those users. So these are all things to think about. Uh, I'll do a whole episode on what wide distribution is and why it's a benefit beyond the very superficial idea that you don't want Amazon in control of all of your business. But if you feel like you want to do more than one distribution, And if you want your book in libraries, I would definitely get an ISBN number, but not just one, because remember, it's super expensive. So go for the 10 or go for the 100 pack. And if it takes, you know, one week of doing a crappy job, I would say that in the long run, it's well worth it not to have to worry about that uh, for a long time or in some cases ever again. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to email me. And I hope that this hasn't been super confusing. Uh, And I hope that my painful lesson in not dealing without a contract will help you learn that you should always use contracts with clients to protect yourself against mean people who try to make you cry on the phone. All right, that's it. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer, and I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.